Happy Tuesday, everybody. Sherm, the crazy Asian here, talking about career progression on today's installment of Sherm's Speaking Series. Again, if you're unfamiliar, it's Monday is um, leadership. Tuesday is career progression. Wednesday is motivation. Thursday is social media. And rounding out the week, Friday is personal development. And anything, any broadcasts I do on Friday and Saturday are just bonus tracks, everybody. And I just get jacked up. I get fired up being able to engage with people online. Um, being social on social is just part of who I am and what I enjoy doing. So the thought process that I have today when it comes to career progression is no matter where you are in your current career, guess what? You are in your career. You have you have started your career path. And you might not like the career that you've started. You might not like the role that you're playing. The, the reality is that this is still your career. You are still in the thick of it. So you can either make the best of it or hope for a better day, which sometimes I think hope can be a little bit of a discourager because it doesn't make you appreciate what's happening right now in the moment. And so the one thing that I would let people recognize is let's say, for example, you decided to just get um, the entry-level job um, at, your, at your the quickest kind of entry-level right out of college, right out of high school, and you didn't plan on making a, a career out of it at the call center or at you know the local retail store, but you've been there now a few years. I hate to break it to you, but you started your career, okay? Your career is defined by exactly what you're doing right now. And really, the question that you wanna ask yourself is, are you doing exactly what you wanna be doing or should you be doing something differently? Do you wanna be doing something differently? And if the answer is yes to that, then you need, to re you need to be able to start putting in the decisions today, the actions today, to get to where you wanna go. So if you realize that you're working at McDonald's and you just graduated from college and it was a job that you had before when you graduated from college, and, and again, you haven't done anything, it's been six months now, you're comfortable, it's time to now make yourself feel uncomfortable to start getting some growth. No longer procrastinate what needs to get done today. So many people struggle with the concern of changing when they need to make the change now in their current role in order to really say to themselves that they want something different. If they don't take any different actions, it's just wishful thinking. There's no value to that in allowing yourself to really grow. Wake up and you need to be realistic. We all need to be realistic about what we're actually doing with our actions and being more conscious about what we're actually doing instead of our allowing ourselves to run in the mode of default. Default mode doesn't get you where you wanna go. So as you think about your current career, do you like it? Do you not like it? If you do like it, why? What specifically do you like about your current role? And if you don't like it, again, why? What don't you like about your current role? And from both of those, what's the good, what's the bad, what's the ugly? And so the moment that you can actually be truly honest with yourself and say, you know what, what I'm currently doing is motivating me, what I'm currently doing is exciting to me, um, and it doesn't mean I'm telling you to become self-employed, although having a side hustle can be a ton of fun. <clears throat> the now somebody might say, um, well, I, you know, I, I want work-life balance. 
okay, that's fine. What does that actually mean? Because you're not going to balance out 40 hours working, 50 hours working, and balance the other 40 doing exactly your own hobby or, or spending all those 40 hours with your family. It just doesn't work in that context, especially if you have older kids that start, you know, teenagers or tweeners, they start getting involved in their own activities. So they're at sporting events, they're at um, other games. And yeah, you might want to be able to go there, but that's not your interest. You know, you might not be a, a huge Little League fan, but yet you're spending maybe six hours on a Saturday there because, you know, double header. So I think it's important for us to realize we are in our career. And do we like it? And if we don't like it, what are we going to do differently today to start mapping out our fantastic future? Sherm's out. So you might be saying to yourself, well, crazy Asian, um, I don't want to be working as a pharmaceutical rep. Then do something about it, right? Don't tell me you don't want to be doing something and then check in and check out every single day, not doing anything differently in order to get to get to where you want to go. Now, you don't exactly have to know exactly what you want to be doing, although it does help, obviously to do basically, as we talked about before, the Tarzan method, where you're going from one job to the next. But for some people, that might not necessarily be the luxury because you just don't know what your strengths are and where you can deploy them in the right role or with the right company or on your own. And so, and, and you might want to be able to get your ducks in a row. So what I mean by ducks in a row in that cliche is, let's say you decide to become self-employed. You might want to increase your savings. You might want to have a look at um, if, if things do hit the fan, Do you uh, go, can you get a loan? Can you uh, loan out against your 401k, um, your, your retirement plan? Can you get a partner? Is there a partner? What would you, what would you do, be doing specifically? And are there any clients that you can start capturing right now while you're um, still employed? And um, start thinking about your, the industry. Where is it headed? And if you become self-employed, what's going to be your role in the industry, specifically in the community that you currently live in? Of course, social media, the internet does allow you to um, exchange nationally and globally. It just depends if that's your aspirations or if those, those products or services translate across country borders. Uh, that's only for you to be able to decide and decipher for yourself. If I'm, for the phrasing ducks in a row, if I'm working at a company and I just don't like what I'm doing right now, I want to identify, is it my manager that I don't like and the overall culture of the company, or is it what I'm doing? Because that's a very easy thing to switch, right? So if I don't like my, my current manager and the company culture, but I like what I'm doing, then go find what you're doing at other companies. Find your competitors, right? Find, find the top three in your industry and then go work for them. And again, we've talked about basically career progression and interviewing. And so if you have any questions about that, feel free to DM me, feel free to call in and we can have further discussions about that. And the other phrase that I mean when you when I, when I say get your ducks in a row is that if let's if you want to be working for a different place, you need to audit your digital footprint. Number two is you need to reach out to individuals in order to get yourself an interview. So I would be looking at LinkedIn. I'd be looking at Facebook uh, groups for for jobs. I'd be reaching out um, and finding out who are those HR um, 
you know, recruiters that would be recruiting me. Is there anybody in my network that would uh, be able to introduce me to that organization and they, they can give me the, the down low of whether it's a good place to work, what the company culture is, maybe there's any kind of negativity that I want to avoid or just be cognizant of. And so through that uh, process of investigating, that's how you start getting your ducks in a row. I think sometimes we end up using these cliches, especially in business, and we don't have any idea what they actually mean for the context of what we're talking about. And so um, now for for you that so you've done the Tarzan method, or you at least started getting your um, your 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 situation more more situated from, from the standpoint that you you have the money saved, you, you've done some investigations, you've built out your network, and now you're ready to plunge into that next step. And so it might not necessarily be um, identified A to B to C to D. It might be um, an A to a acrylic A, right? So you're going to a totally different kind of format or you know calligraphy, but it's still uh, a stage one. And so that becomes important because if let's say you decide to go work at let's say McDonald's, right? And you're you're a cashier, you might realize quickly you hate working as that role at cash as a cashier, but you might really enjoy working in fast food. So maybe there's an opportunity for you to get some leadership skills in order for you to progress um, up the ladder and from assistant manager to manager, and then maybe even a, re a territory manager to maybe even higher up, and you decide to buy a franchise. And so that can be extremely exciting and valuable information for you. Um, if anyone's uh, familiar with the franchise owners of McDonald's, they are all sent to Hamburger University or Hamburger U in order to know exactly how every process works and functions within the walls and the, the building of uh, McDonald's. Like they will know how to take apart and put back together the McFlurry machine, the ice cream machine. That's important to know the details. Jason at JMEC Tries, Sherman the Crazy Asian, thank you for that wonderful uh, call in. Thank you for your thoughts on what kind of spoke out to you and that leadership, leaders are visionaries. And isn't it amazing how when you and I hear the voice, hear the, the, the I guess the illustrative description of someone's vision, how we can really get on board. And it reminds me of some of those greats, right, that were kind of referenced before. Um, and I'm trying to think about um, their, like Google in regards to the reason why they're innovative is they're looking for opportunities to make our life easier with technology. And so through that vision, that's why they've gone into all these other realms. That's why they go from a search engine to, um, you know, automated machine, you know, autom um, self-driving cars. And we don't second guess that. We don't go, oh, you're not in the automotive industry. You're not Ford. You're not Toyota. You're not Honda. You're not, you know, Tesla. We don't, we don't think that at all. We go, no, that seems about right because you're innovative and that's exactly what you stand for. You're trying to make my life easier with technology. And so by being able to see that vision, um, not only is it from the from the company's perspective, but then you and I can engage with it as co co consumers of their products or services because we can we can relate to that. And I find that to be very very impactful when when a company has the ability to actually share their vision in a way that it's impactful for you and I. And I think a lot of times too, it can make us more loyal customers to them and their cause because we can get behind it. 
and it's not just about the widget, right? So for example, it reminds me of, you know, how you have the generic products, right? So there's all these different companies I've never heard of that like that, that sell laptops now, right? But I don't know anything about those companies except that it seems like they're making a, a cheap laptop where I know if I get something from Apple, a MacBook, I know I'm getting a much different experience from a product's perspective. And so as we are able to communicate our vision of what it is to the world, and again, I, I'm, when I mean communicate your vision to the world, I'm not saying you got to get on a podcast or you got to go get your own vlog or a blog. Like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be like as outgoing as I am on social media or other people that are trying to, you know, build a personal brand or basically be, um, you know, be helpful online. What you can do, though, that can be extremely valuable and impactful is you can look for ways to share with others what you're trying to accomplish. And that could be as simple as telling your children, telling your spouse, uh, telling some coworkers what your purpose is, what your why is. And, um, and that reminds me of that great book by Simon Sinek, um, Start With Why. And by being able to then share with those that are closest to you what your purpose is, what your goal is, that can really start eliciting some really wonderful responses mm -hmm and give you a ton of support. Sherm's out. Hey, Sherman, how you going? I'm just here with the birds and I'm calling in about improvised theater and some of the guidelines that they have that fit quite well into some of these business ideas. When you're performing in a scene, they say, don't go for what is obviously funny to you because then you're just going with whatever is already canon, whatever's already in the cultural zeitgeist. But if you go with what is most obvious to you, and especially when you're performing in a scene, if the other person is doing what's most obvious to them, then the two of you are going to create something truly unique. So I think that's pretty much the same principle with business ideas, that if something seems completely self-evident to you, then it's probably more likely to be a good idea, don't you think? Lulu Island, Sherm, Crazy Asian here. Thank you for that call in. And I love that correlation between business and improv theater. And I like that idea of being able to not necessarily go up against what's obvious as comedy that's kind of already known, but go after what's comedy right there in the moment and that you can find things that are of value the moment that it's happening. Now, let me give you an example. It just happened literally a phone call ago. I'm talking to a friend of mine and this is how, this is gonna correlate to career progression. She is just an, an, absolute, an absolute fireball. She is um, doing phenomenally well in her industry and um, running her own business, but, What's happening after five years, she actually is finding more interest and value in health and nutrition and wanting to help people in that side of their life instead of what she's currently at. And so the problem that she's running up against, number one, is the struggle of she, you know, graduated from college, then got her first degree or got her first um, job and it was running her own business and it was the, the opportunity to be able to help people but, and she's had success. I mean, she's hit a number of awards and um, has built a nice client client base. However, 
she's not as passionate as she is about health and nutrition and helping people in their health and nutrition. And so what she's fighting up against is this idea that you um, have to choose kind of one path and then stick with it. Um, the other one, of course, is the struggle that she's made promises to her clients already in her current job and she wants to be able to now switch into health and nutrition and so she's afraid about all those promises that she made to those individuals and and my comment was number one is don't worry about those clients because they're gonna make decisions for themselves right they might move away from you because they need they they, they got a job opportunity um, out out of the state and now they want to work with someone else or they decided that they don't want to work with you anymore nothing nothing against you professionally just that maybe their cousin got in the business and they want to be able to help their their cousin out and give them the business instead of you and so I said you need to make career decisions based on what you want to be doing and where you feel passionate and where it's uh, landing yourself and then the the other thing that she thinks about is just the concern of going from one career to the other and just to transition of you know going from one business that's already producing an income to one that is totally unknown and so um, as we were talking about it she already had some different strategies in order to make it um, a steady stream really quickly and so that's really where the fear is coming from is to allow herself the opportunity to, to ponder and to think about what is what are the various solutions so so for example she's in health and nutrition she can sell supplements right she can then um, have t-shirts that have maybe a, a specific phrase that she likes to say to her to her clients um, and she can sell that for let's say $15 or $20 a t-shirt and she bought them for $6 a piece or $5 a piece writing got an embroider she got it you know got her own logo on it right um, she can also then as she's maybe going to a regular um, place for let's say new shoes for clients or or socks or, or sports apparel she might uh, instead of going to like the big chains like a dick sporting goods store you go to like a ma and pa store locally and you see if you can establish a relationship where you can start getting um, products or um, that you can try out and use and give them feedback and use that um, to be able to post your feedback on social media and to be able to promote that local business uh, because there's pretty good odds with a lot of small businesses that you might have a greater presence online than they do and so you promoting it actually can speak volumes compared to them the other thing that um, you can do when it comes to just creating that stream of income is you can have kind of two different methods one is people that just want to consume the the program for let's say 30 days or 60 days just a flat fee done what one and done the other one is what I can that's that that to me is I consider that a customer they just came and they, they left right client they have a long-term relationship those are people that decide to buy a subscription so they want um, a more a robust a more hands-on approach and so they're gonna to want to be able to meet with you on a more regular basis and so you basically want to be able to create these different levels of stream of income in order to combat this fear of income think through to the solutions they'll give you peace 
Lululand. So let me give you um, an example that came from my conversation with my friend who's just having a successful time as an entrepreneur in one industry and now wants to shift into the health and wellness industry. And so as we're talking, I said, what you want to be able to do is keep producing that content, keep engaging with people so that way they know what you want to do in regards to building your health, um, your health business and helping them get healthy and have a long, healthy life and so and, and, and better habits. And so as I was talking, I said, what you want to be able to do is keep putting your content out there online and continue to keep networking with people locally, you know, become really, really well known as like the go-to individual when it comes to health and nutrition. And then um, what you can do is um, relate it to ginseng. I said, so a lot of people are unfamiliar. Ginseng is just a, um, is a root that's grown and it takes anywhere between four to seven years that you literally um, water and, you know, tend to this root and then after four to seven years you actually then dig it up and you pull this huge root out of the ground but for those years you don't see any results it's all below the surface everything that's occurring is all below the surface and so you're basically in a sense watering dirt watering ground tending to the ground and <clears throat> even putting shade in the summertime over the ground. And this allows the ginseng to grow. And so I think about like your online presence, like if you continue to produce content, constantly be posting on your vlog, on your, on your, on your blog, on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, keep consistently putting out content and then judge in five years where you are. Continue to engage with your audience and see where you are in five years. Continue to um, network and talk to people face-to-face. -face. Tell them exactly what you're doing. Ask them about what they're looking for. If it comes to health and nutrition, that's your game. Then ask them about what their aspirations are. How are they um, battling their demons when it comes to their health and nutrition? What's, what's helping them win? Are they open to having a partner, an accountability partner? Are they looking for someone to be able to help them get into a different realm? And... Is it okay to keep in contact with that person? So what's going to happen in five years of constantly talking to people online and face-to-face, -face, belly to belly, is that you're going to be able to build this robust um, set of individuals, some that decided to do business with you, some that didn't decide to do business with you, but might be doing business with you this year or next, right? So as you're constantly a, a constantly putting out content and constantly engaging, you're going to find yourself in a much sweeter spot to be able to build your client base because you're still around. It's that stickability, right? So you sometimes don't land the, the biggest deal of your lifetime if you're still not in the business. Just because you had a conversation with a business owner today about business succession and, and you're, let's say, in business loans doesn't mean that they're going to buy. But when they retire in three years and you kept in contact with them over the last three years and helping them um, you know, understand the, the changing landscape, and then when they're ready to move forward, if you're still in business in three years, they'll come to you. If you're not, you just lost the biggest deal of your life. And so that's what I would encourage anybody that's building their own personal brand is constantly put out um, content and continue to make yourself an expert in your local town. So if you live in a town of, let's say you live in the town of Houston, which is, was more of a city, 5 million people, 
then I would just start with my local neighborhood. How many people, let's say in the, you know, the Northeast Houston area know exactly who I am, what I do, and I, and see me as an expert in that area. The interesting thing about producing a lot of content is that you're going to start being perceived as an expert and people might start asking you questions. So you better make sure that your game is up to snuff if you're holding yourself out to a certain light. Sherm's out.